Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Yes, once again, I am joined by the one and only Scoop B. Scoop, what's going on, bro? <laughs> Nothing, man. Just working hard. Scooby. Working hard. Scoopy Scoop Jackson, Robert Scoop Jackson, was on the Scoopy Radio podcast back in the fall. He dropped a lot of gems. You guys should check that out. Subscribe on the podcast on all platforms. Yeah, he was on NBA panel also, like um, like a few months ago. He's definitely good. He's definitely good guest. Definitely knowledgeable guy. Yes, sir. <clears throat> definitely. So what's been going on, Scoop B? Man, you a, you are a busy person, man. Never know where you'll be at. Never. I look up. He's here. He's there. He's been interviewed by this person, interviewing that person. He's with Shaq. He's with Charles Barkley. I'm like, this boy working. <laughs> working and staying out the way and just putting out good content, man. I'm good. Just paying attention to, you know, the rest of the season and, you know, seeing who who's the, who, who, the, who are the fakers, right. who are the Lakers. You see what I did there? Yes, yes, sir. And, uh, Yes, sir. No, man, it's definitely, it's definitely a, a good time to, to to be paying attention to basketball. But you know, you have that pocket right now where you know the NCAA tournament is getting ready to start, and you got yeah. the NFL combine, and then people start paying attention to the playoffs. Right, definitely. Speaking of the Lakers, I know you're plugged in. You do have sources. <laughs> the Lakers <laughs> has recently worked out Deion Wiz and J.R. Smith. What's your thoughts on that? And who you think would be the the best acquisition? Um, it depends on what they're looking for. So. Uh, when you look at the Lakers right now, okay, so a couple weeks ago you cut DeMarcus Cousins or you waved DeMarcus Cousins. He's working out with the team, right. you know, privately getting his rehab done with the ACL repair. He's on the men, okay. You bring in uh, Markeith Morris, twin brother to Marcus Morris of the Lakers, so, or excuse me, of the Los Angeles Clippers, okay. You bring that in. Then, right. you know, you, you, you wave uh, Troy Daniels on Sunday, um, which was expected, and uh, here we are. So right. uh, when you look at the J.R. Smith piece, um, he's a bucket. Uh, he yeah, averaged really. in his career about 12 points a game, uh, was part of the Cavaliers uh, championship team alongside LeBron James right. in uh, 2016, was also a teammate of Jason Kidd uh, during their Knicks, their brief stint with the Knicks and, and, and when they went to the playoffs. It actually lost to Frank Vogel's uh, Pacers team in the playoffs and in the semis in 2013, I believe. Right. Um, you have that, and then c- concurrently, uh, J.R. Smith is represented by Clutch as is Deion Waiters. Uh, the Lakers 
are looking for a secondary, uh, a ball handler who can also score at will. Right. Um, if you're looking for youth or somebody younger, you go with Deion Waiters. He did play this season. Uh, J.R. Smith has not played uh, in, in, in a little over a year, maybe not quite a year yet. But yeah, the um, I, I don't think that that should be indicative upon whether or not um, he can actually do what he needs to do. Um, Deion Waiters also has experience playing with LeBron James briefly when LeBron came back to Cleveland. He played uh, for the Cavs in 2014. Um, I think uh, it comes down to priority. I think certain uh, Lakers fans or people who are, are scouts or observers feel as though, you know, Rajon Rondo needs help right. um, in the second or third unit within the Lakers. Uh, but let's not act as if LeBron James ain't the Lakers starting point guard. Right. Um <laughs> And so, really, it's going to come down to scorer um, and, and, and somebody who has chemistry uh, with that team. Um, if you go with J.R. Smith, you go with a guy who, you know, people want to use that meme of LeBron outstretching his hands yeah. in, that, in that final possession in the finals. He made a mistake. Yeah. Um, and, and he's owned it the same way that Deion Waiters made a mistake during the season and had that whole edibles episode. Right. I think it comes down to who the Lakers feel comfortable with. And from what I've heard, the Lakers like both. Uh, but the, the championship experience and the rapport with LeBron is a plus. Right. Right. LeBron definitely going to have a say in this. Like you said, he has this familiarity with LeBron James and J.R. Smith. I've been knowing J.R. Smith, following J.R. Smith for a while because he was on my Denver Nuggets before, uh, as, as with the Knicks before. So I know when he gets hot, he gets hot. And when he's off, he's off. But we all know he'll keep shooting regardless. <laughs> but yeah. I believe, I believe, my opinion, I believe, I think Joe Smith would be the better pickup. What do you think they would do about, um, you just talked about a little bit about um, the locker room issues with, um, with Deion Waiters. I think if he had a chance to play with LeBron, I think those issues would go away. Because he has a chance to personally win a championship. They're right now, they're first in the West. And I don't think LeBron will play anything that's going to mess up the chemistry with the team. So I talked to I, I talked to a few people. I actually talked to Danny Green yesterday. I talked to Lakers specifically about the word chemistry, um, and I think the Lakers' chemistry is like no other that I've seen, both covering professional sports or this year period. And I'm not being partial because of the relationships and familiarity that I have with that team. Right. I've written stories just about chemistry um, that that team has had. And, um, you know, I, I started writing about chemistry back in like January, December, January. And um, I asked Danny Green back in December to give me a grade. And I believe he said B plus A minus. So we do these check-ins where I, where, I, where I ask about chemistry. Okay. It's just something that's important to any team. You know, as much as people think the Clippers have the better roster, yeah. the Lakers, in my opinion, have the better chemistry. And so um, just certain anecdotes that are used, like Anthony Davis told me in November that LeBron James told him right. that the Lakers, or excuse me, he and LeBron, Anthony Davis and LeBron in the pick and roll, 
are like a peanut butter and banana sandwich. They're not quite peanut butter and jelly. Yes. Right. So then I checked in with AD last month and I said, where y'all at? Y'all, y'all peanut butter and jelly yet? He goes, no, nah, we still <laughs> peanut butter and banana. Right. And then what I learned from Troy Daniels was the Lakers have this group text that's like filled with jokes, counseling sessions, meetings, conversations, like any team that LeBron James has, right. you're going to see anything from special handshakes to Taco Tuesday to more. That's team building. And Troy Daniels told me he's now cut, but when he was signed, he said minutes after LeBron or minutes after Troy was signed to the Lakers, he got a text message. He included him in a group text and said, welcome to the Lakers. Like it's just a constant relationship building thing. That's why DeMarcus Cousins didn't want to leave the team, even though they got him. Like right. he's still around. He's just a, a, a focal point of that team. Right. So it, it's, it's interesting to watch. Yeah. So it seems, it seems like they're building a, a family, not just a chemistry. Like they all, they're all family over there and that will have a big play when come playoffs. Cause like you said, familiarity with each other, that'll yeah. help over, over that'll trump some talent. If the talent don't mess, Y'all yep. know the playoffs; anything can happen, and that could be that could work to the Lakers' advantage. Because right now, yep. I believe they're on on cla- on a clash course, a crash course to play in the second round. The Lakers and the Clippers, if the current standings hold up as they are right now. But I would like to see a Western Conference Finals between those two. But we all know they got to move up in the standings, so <laughs> so we can see that. So, we'll see. And, I, and, I, and I think that when you look at the Lakers, like Trey Daniels said this to me a few weeks ago. I know I'm, I'm referencing him a lot, but. Troy said to me um, that once the trade deadline came and went, yeah, the Lakers became the underdog. They were the favorite, and he thinks that the Marcus Morris signing, yeah, or rather trade, made him the under, made, made you know, strengthened the Clippers. But right. in my opinion, just from watching and, and taking in whatever you know, documenting everybody's been saying, I, I think the Lakers have been battle tested. I mean, you look at the beginning of the season, right? Right. You start the season without Rondo and Kuzma. Right. Um, at the beginning of the season, you lose to the Clippers, and everybody was ready to throw the, the baby with the, the bathwater. Then, you know, you go throughout the season, you lose to the Clippers again um, in the in the, at, on Christmas Day. Right. Um, Davis has been hurt. LeBron has been hurt. And then there was the Kobe Bryant death. And right the day before that yeah. was LeBron breaking Kobe's record. And then there's the recovery from, you know, that. And then, you know, trade deadline. That's cool as my leave. You know, what happens? And then I also think there's some redemptive stories in there. So you look at Jason Kidd. He was supposed to be the head coach of that team. That was something I was reporting back in November. Um, you know, they wanted to hire fire Luke Walton, hire Jason Kidd. He ends up being the, the assistant coach of the Lakers. Um, and, you know, the team whose majority owner is a woman and a guy who has had issues with domestic violence Scoop years B ago. Um, he's been contrite. He's moved on. There were questions about that. Um, Frank Vogel comes in, a guy that people thought was hired for Jason Kidd to be, uh, to be the head coach eventually. And he'd be fired. And he's, you know, exceeded expectations as that coach. Right. Anthony Davis comes in in the summertime. Then, you know, you, you look at Dwight Howard. It took a DeMarcus Cousins injury for Howard to come in. A redemptive career. I mean, this guy was invited to the Team USA. Yeah. Uh, participated in the Slam Dunk Contest. Yeah, he did participate in the Slam yeah. Dunk Contest. Then you got, 
Contavious Caldwell-Polk struggling at the beginning of the season. People were like, he stole $16 million from the Lakers. He, he, he There's a warning that. Right. There's a lot of different layers. Danny Green comes in with the Lakers and, you know, could have signed with another team and could have, you know, stayed in Toronto, got more money, or went to the Clippers, but signed with the Lakers, waited for the Lakers. There's a lot of layered stories there. DeMarcus Cousins comes in and, you know, was supposed to be that guy. That didn't happen. So, you know, it's a lot of things within there. Alex Caruso becomes a fan favorite. Got yeah. all-star votes. So I, I just think every person in the, on that team has a layer of something that leads to the threat of, you know, relatability with this Lakers team. We still don't know the Clippers yet, but that doesn't mean yeah. anything. They're just different. Very true. Very true. And Caruso, like you said, he's become a fan favorite. People love Caruso. He gets the, the um, fans, the, the team hype every time he's on the floor. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> for sure. For sure. There's a lot of layers there. Um, and, and, and they're they're actually entertaining to watch. You know, times where Anthony Davis has been hurt, Dwight Howard has stepped in and did what right. he needs to do. And then you look at the confidence builder. Like, you got Kyle Kuzma, who, when LeBron is hurt, comes in and does well. It's almost like the Brandon Ingram syndrome, if you will. So, you know, whether he stays or if he goes moving forward, yeah, he, he's got to earn his paycheck in the playoffs. The playoffs is where you get famous yes definitely and we all know the lakers about to end their six-year playoff drought is this a matter of where, where they're going to finish it i think they're going to hold on to that one seed because i think i don't think lebron's gonna let them take their foot off the gas because i think he knows especially in the west that the home court is it is is necessary but to a point to them they're not because they're they're above 500 at home and on the road but having that home advantage if it's a game seven is huge I don't think it matters yeah. who's on your team. <laughs> Game seven at home is crucial. Yeah, but you know what? This is where I think the Clippers have the advantage. Um, you know, I, I sung the Lakers' praises, but when you talk, I just wrote about this last night, actually. You can check it out at heavy.com. Like, when you look at the Clippers, this team was a team before um, Paul George and um, Kawhi Leonard got there. Yes. I mean, their, their best player on that team, on that roster, is Lou Williams. Yes. And he came off the bench. You had a defensive juggernaut in, in, in Patrick Beverly. Vika Zubak, a guy that was a Laker, was traded down the hall to the Clippers. And, right. you know, it, it worked out with Kareem Abdul-Jabbar over the summer. Ramona Shelburne of, of ESPN came on the podcast um, last year. The Scoopy Raider podcast has said, you know, right. the, the, but the Clippers are must-see TV. So what did the Clippers do? They added Kawhi Leonard, and they traded to get Paul George. And Paul George doesn't even really have to do that much. Yeah, which is crazy because when, when the playoffs start, those two can take turns. Like you said, he won't, he won't have to do that much. And you have, like you said, Lou Williams. This team is so deep. And he added Reggie, Reggie, Reggie Jackson, which is a bucket also, who can come in Bobby and get Schmerder. instant offense. <laughs> yes, <laughs> instant offense. This team is deep and dangerous, man. I can't. I hope this is a Western Conference championship, but we'll see. We definitely will see. It's going to be crazy. Yep. One player hasn't been picked up yet, Jamal Crawford. Harrison averaging over 14 for his career. Why do you think he's not on a roster right now? I talked to Jamal two days ago. Um, I think the biggest thing is people try to use defense and age uh, as a factor. And this is a guy who scored 50 points in his last game last season when the Phoenix Sun against the Dallas Mavericks. Um Jamal 
has said to me um, that he feels as though everybody ha- has a right to criticize his age. Right. He's 39 years old. However, he's not a typical 39 year old. Like LeBron is not a typical 35 year old. <laughs> yeah. So I, I think, I think age is a factor. Um, I spoke to one league executive who told me they feel like he's not signed because he doesn't play defense. Most play, most players in the NBA don't play stellar defense, but right. they play some sort of defense. I, I think, you know, I like Carmelo Anthony, and yeah. you know, I, I have been very, a very right. quite a staunch supporter right. of Melo uh, and his return. So I, I think right. I have license to say this. Right. You ready? I'm ready. Melo don't play no defense. <laughs> you signed him. Right. And so it, it 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 makes you ask questions. You know, Philadelphia is a, is a fit. Um, you know, Ben Simmons is hurt. Joel Embiid is hurt. Yes, you're, you're looking for Shake Milton and 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 um, Glenn Robinson the third, Alec Burke, Burke, um, and our Furkan Cormax to um be your scorer off the bench. They could definitely use Jamal Crawford. And that injury with um, Ben Simmons, he he's not definitely guaranteed to come back after two weeks. He's going to be well, not two weeks now, but when he's when he's supposed to come back, that's just that's just for when he's going to get reevaluated. So yep. he might be so, out, and that be a, that might be a lingering injury. And one wrong fall in the playoffs or before then, he could be out extended. More. Yeah, they yeah they definitely use him. <laughs> they definitely use him right now. They could use Jamal, but you know Jamal has said to me that he's continuing to work out, right? Um, and, and and is continuing to just stay steadfast and prudent. And when that his numbers call, yeah, he's going to do what he needs to do. When you look at the NBA and you look at needs, the Lakers could use Jamal Crawford. He's you know you asked me what their needs were, or I I said what the Lakers' needs were. Right. You know, uh, you, you need a, a a scorer and a ball handler. To be honest with you, Jamal Crawford last year for the Phoenix Suns. Played a lot of point guard. Um, most that he's played, I think, since his rookie year in Chicago. Right. Um, the Philadelphia 76ers could use him. You know, Elton Brand and, and the general manager of the 76ers um, was Jamal Crawford's teammate in Philadelphia. Um, they have rapport and relationship. And uh, I can tell you that Al Horford privately has campaigned um, for Jamal Crawford to uh, join that team. Uh, you look at Matisse Thibel. Thibel and Jamal Crawford have the same agent. And I know that Jamal's agent has reached out uh, to powers that be. Uh, and, you know, it, it's kind of interesting. And they're kind of just, you know, it doesn't seem that they're totally interested. But um, you look at the Lakers. I know that there are people within that organization that have been lobbying. I know that um, Jason Terry has been very, been very instrumental. Um, and Jason Kidd quietly has been, you know, advocating on Jabal's behalf, but right. you know, it, it comes down to need, and um, you know, all indications are, or just from as a basketball watcher, you know, those are the best two fits. Yes, they definitely use them, definitely. Who's who you think is leading right now for um, MVP? Because right now. Giannis is ours and damn near 30 points a game. Well, we already know what happened last year. They're running away with the East again. But remember that last year they ran into Kawhi and the Raptors that would be in the um, Eastern Conference Finals. But Kawhi's not on <laughs> Toronto this year. But Toronto still one of the surprise teams in the East. I think right now – oh, Go ahead. I'm sorry. 
No, gentlemen first. <laughs> LeBron, LeBron and um Kawhi, Kawhi, LeBron and Giannis are leading the um MVP charge right now in a lot of people's eyes. Where do you see that race right now? I think statistically Giannis ought to combo the Milwaukee Bucks is the MVP, but I think the NBA's MVP is LeBron James. The MVPs is LeBron James. Yeah, LeBron has a lot behind him right now, especially with the passing of Kobe. Not mentioning those two, like, it's going to happen because of that. But a lot of people want to see, wouldn't mind if the Lakers won the championship because of what happened. So um, we'll definitely see what happens with that. But I think I think um, if Giannis can pull him out of the out of the East, out of the East, and I think more, I think it might take more of that to overcome LeBron because I think LeBron is going to lead the Lakers out of the West. If he does that, I think LeBron has locked up MVP. Maybe if he gets them the number one seed, that might be it. Because like I said, Adidas coming off their six year drought from the from the playoffs, so everyone's going to be on that also. So you think LeBron has locked up MVP? You said. I think it's, I think it's going to take a little bit more. I think maybe if he gets done the number one seed, I think so. Well, not him, but if the Lakers take the number one seed, I think that might do it. I think that might. Yeah, I, I think the the, the 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 trickery, the tricky and slippery slope part of the MVP's voting and conversation is that although. Like in, in years past before the NBA awards, you had an actual MVP voted while the playoffs were still going on versus right. it's named at the end of the season. It gives people a full vantage point of regular season, playoffs, finals. Right. So so say like say like hypothetically, right? I have to put those words in there because I get held to every word I say. So <laughs> hypothetically, your school B say, man, you know everything. You connected. That's not being say, funny. You dead ass. You, you are connected. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> so say this. Say hypothetically, Giannis doesn't go to the finals, which is a possibility. But has the season he? But but say he has the stats that he has, right? Right. And then LeBron goes to the finals, wins the finals MVP. And the Lakers win the whole thing, right? Right. Giannis had the better season, but LeBron won the, won the ring. Like I said, statistically, Giannis was is statistically the NBA's MVP. Right. But LeBron has to overall the chip and more. If I'm Giannis, I wouldn't give a damn about that MVP. I would care about the trophy. Very true. Just like if I'm LeBron, I wouldn't give a damn about the MVP regular season. I care about the trophy. It's not about MVPs anymore. It's about trophies. Yeah. So I, I just think it gets slippery. Like you look at the Dirk Nowitzki thing a few, about over 10, 15 years ago where he won the MVP, but then they lost in the first round, right? Right. To the to the Warriors, right? Right. That was his season. Very understandable. <laughs> Good point. Great point. Great point. Great point. And I believe Giannis might be on that pace because we all know he went into the offseason mad about last year um, because – well, nobody got put out, so he wanted to come back faster and better. So he went into all season again, and they didn't have the same results. They run away with the East, but like you said, that that's a good thing if they um they had a full sample, and we'll see how they grade off of that. Definitely. Sure, and you know I, I'll add this: like when you talk about MVP races in the past, like. I felt like James Harden, the first year that Giannis won MVP was was supposed to be, should have been MVP. What was that, 2018? Yeah. 
I think Giannis was MVP last year. I think a lot of times it becomes a popularity contest more than it does actual skill. Like, I feel that way about the rookie of the year conversation right now. I feel like they're pushing this Zion Williamson agenda. Yes, they are. They are. He's played, what, 15 games, and they're already having right underneath the jaw. And jaw, jaw is he have he has Memphis in the AFC right now. That's going to be huge in that rookie of the year um, final decision, I believe. But like you said, it's a popularity contest. Yeah, and I think it's, it's popularity, money, and looks. Um, Memphis is a small is a small market. Technically, New Orleans is too, but right. New Orleans, who I had picked as a as a seventh or eighth seed in the NBA's um, Western Conference this year, uh, I mean they made that trade with the Lakers, and they're the, the the New Orleans Lakers as far as I'm concerned. But <laughs> you know when you when you look at that, it's a lot of money invested in that. And that you know what I've learned and just observed just is in the, in the information business. Yeah. People just got a lot of money and stuff. John Morant to me, doesn't fit that agenda the same way Zion does. So I think, but I think more than anything else, they're, they're pushing that Zion is the next LeBron thing. Yeah. Um, and to me, Ja had to show up and prove, show and prove uh, when they, when the Memphis Grizzlies had that primetime game on uh, this past Saturday against the Lakers. And he yeah. did that in the, in, in, the, in the Memphis Grizzlies win. Right. Yeah. Yeah, because Ja here trying to catch bodies. See, he almost did to Kevin Love and to, um, <laughs> and to the Brow. So he's going to catch somebody one day. I'm waiting for it. <laughs> he's showing no fear on the court. He's showing no fear. Word. Yes, sir. Yeah, because we were saw with this matchup with the Lakers and the Pelicans, they like you said, they're trying to push that um, LeBron and Zion because they're already comparing them two, and he's got next and everything. So, like I said, their marketing, their marketing for, for those two, are great. <laughs> they're pushing that a lot. Yep. Talking about the East and the West, who's who's your um surprise team in the East? And in the West, I think the West, my surprise team is Toronto because when Kawhi left, I thought I certainly thought they were going to fall off. But Siakam and the crew, they held it down. And shout out to Nick Nurse. I mean, they essentially had the same roster as without Kawhi because you know last year Kawhi missed a few games where they little managed and had them first for the um, playoffs. But Toronto is one of my um, surprise teams in the East right now. Man, they brought in Rondé Hollis Jefferson to replace Kawhi Leonard and they 42 and 18 in second place in the Eastern Conference. Who would have dunk it? Yeah, man, I think you're right. I think I think when you look at the Toronto Raptors, uh I think there's a there's a there is a I, it was brought to my attention. I was on a show last week. Um and they were asking me, it was a show in Canada, and they were asking me about American bias. Right. And I never even really thought about it that way. You know, American bias. I just looked at it as Kawhi wasn't there anymore, so people just assumed that they were going to be bad. Um, and and and, and yeah. you know, I, I think that it's a little bit interesting. I'm still on the fence about the American bias. I just think that there's a Giannis bias. I think that, and I also think that there was a belief that the Philadelphia 76ers were going to be this Eastern Conference darling that was going to go to the finals. And hey, it might still happen. I don't know, right. but um. You know, I, I think everybody was running away with that notion. And, you know, I, I think when you look at the Milwaukee Bucks, um, I, I said this on every show I've been on the last month, uh, Pascal Siakam of the Toronto Raptors uh, right. reminds me of Scottie Pippen, the season that 
Michael Jordan retired and Scotty took the Bulls to the Eastern Conference semis and ended up losing to the New York Knicks in 1994. Yeah, he does. He does. Speaking of taking it back a little bit, Scotty Pippen, that year that he led them when Michael Jordan left, do you think that year as to people just talking about that Jordan needed Mike? I mean, I'm sorry, Pippen, that, yeah, Jordan needed Pippen for some of his accolades that he did. So do I? So basically, you're asking me: Do I think that Scotty needed Michael? No, that Michael. Um, that for um some of the accolades that Michael accomplished, like some people say that Scotty Pippen came to the picture of Mike didn't accomplish this until then. Michael did need Scotty. Yeah, that's where I was going with it. Michael, Michael did need Scotty. Think about it. There were times on defense, Scotty covered his ASS on the on the weak side. Um, for as great as a defensive player that Michael was, Scotty was just as good, if not better, sometimes. And I think that um, there were times where Michael took plays off because he was he was catching his win from the offensive end. That's just a fact. True. You know, Scottie Pippen was the innovator in a lot of respects um, in the 90s, I'll say, of, of point forward. Um, and, and, you know, he got his points, but he, he orchestrated that triangle offense many, many of many of times um, and, and was very intricate. And Tex winners uh, created a triangle offense, a late Tex winner. But, you know, when you look at the Bulls and what they were able to accomplish, um, not just from the defensive and from a chemistry, a chemistry aspect, like, you know, there were times where Scotty you know, grew frustrated, particularly during the Tony Kukoc era uh, of the Bulls. They've since mended that relationship and they're good. But, you know, I, I think that Scottie Pippen um, brought a defensive intensity, a scoring intensity um, that they needed. But Scottie also needed Michael. Let's not act like Michael just needed Scottie. They right. needed each other. Right. You know, and I think in an era where everybody gives my, LeBron James a hard time and they call him a, a ring chaser or a team yeah. hopper, um, LeBron needed a sidekick or two to help him. He would have never have won that championship in 2016 without the, the gutsy play of Kyrie Irving, without yes. the, 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 the the jump shooting of Kevin, or excuse me, of, of Kevin Love. Right. Um, uh, the, uh, needing key buckets from 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 J.R. Smith and Channing Frye, Richard Jefferson. Right. You know, comparatively, Michael Jordan had help. He had Scotty. He had Kukoc. He had B.J. Armstrong. He had Dennis Rodman. He had Horace Grant. Right. Uh, John Paxson. You know, these were yeah. guys that John Paxson. John Paxson and Steve Kerr won a, won a championship a couple times. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> where, so he, where he referred to them. I think we in society and the social media era often have revisionists history when it relates to Michael. And I, yeah. I think the world of Michael, but Michael had help. He didn't do it all by himself. Neither right. can LeBron. LeBron is benefiting post groin injury last year from Anthony Davis. He's never played with a power forward of Anthony Davis's magnitude. Right. Exactly. Yeah. I brought that point up because every time they're on the GOAT conversation comes up, people talk about Michael didn't have this, Michael didn't have that, or LeBron has this, LeBron has that. Not looking at the whole picture, like everybody does need help. So nobody does it alone. You know, we all know Mike was bad, but <laughs> like you just mentioned, points you just made, Mike needed help at certain times. Like no one Look, really we, does it alone. We, we, we're we we're hip-hop has. Jay-Z still needed Memphis Bleak, Beanie Siegel, Chris and Neef, um, uh, Freeway, Cameron, Jim Jones, and Damon Dash. Damon Dash, without Jay, yeah. um, wouldn't have been able to walk into certain rooms. 
Exactly. Sometimes it takes a team to win. <laughs> All the time it takes a team to win. <laughs> Definitely, man. Staying, staying in the East, the Washington Wizards, we all know Bradley Bill's been on a tear. Arizona, what, uh, I'm guessing 37 over this last eight games or something. He's been, and he's been on record saying that he he's tired of losing. But we know he just read up with that monster um, contract extension. Do you think it comes to the point where he'll demand a trade or test the waters? Because I think he can opt out of that contract next year, I believe, or in 20, 2022. He can opt out. He has an option. I mean, there, were, there were conversations um, in October. I remember I was on vacation and I was not. That I that I speak to about all things trades or, or just movement right. um, told me that, that there was conversation with um, the Minnesota Timberwolves as related to Carl Towns, and there was also conversation uh, with the Boston Celtics as it related to Jalen Brown. Okay. Um, Carl, and that situation kind of um, backed off because the Timberwolves started out. Okay, uh, Andrew Wiggins was playing well, right? Um, but Carl still wanted D'Angelo Russell on that team, and that was something that was had been discussed um, since the summertime. You know, Carl and, and uh, Wiggins, uh, or excuse me, Carl Anthony Towns and D'Angelo Russell are both CAA guys. Um, and then you know you look at um, Jalen Brown, um, who got that contract in October, that extension. And, um, you know, there were people who felt that he didn't deserve it and he's earned every cent. Um, and I asked Jalen, you know, what have you done anything to celebrate? He goes, no, he goes, I'm not comfortable. I still got to earn this money. And, um, you know, as it relates to Bradley bill, I, I made this assertion on Twitter the other day. I said, Bradley bill could arguably become the modern day Mitch Richmond in that he played for, a sorry team, but put right. up numbers. Right. But at the end, he ended up winning the ring with the Los Angeles Lakers. Um, so to answer your question, um, I don't know that he'll ask for a trade. Uh, he, he signed up for that, and I think he wants to finish it to co- or live out his contract to completion. But I think if the right deal comes along to the Wizards, right. I think they'll take it. I think it's kind of a situation this summer that was, you know, the Houston Rockets. I had reported in May. Um, yeah. of last year, you know, that everybody was on the table in Houston except P.J. Tucker and James Harden. And look what happened. Capella's gone. Right. Um, um, uh, Chris Paul is gone. Um, you know, and, and so I, I look at the Wizards situation kind of similar to the Rockets situation. If the right deal comes along, um, take it. But, you know, I, I think that that contract of John Wall is going to be very interesting come summertime because, listen, man, Rich Paul got him paid. Yes. Yes, he did. <laughs> Yes, he um, did. So I, I think it's just going to be very interesting. I, I'm not committal on the trade because I don't know. Right. Um, but I think if the right situation comes along, they'd be crazy. I'd like it could be crazy not to take it. You know, if if Towns wants out, those contracts might match up. Towns, Brown, and um, Beal. That would that be... Could be a TV show. Towns, Brown, and Beal. <laughs> yeah, that'd be a massive move because I think over the last. I say five five years. Um, they've had like a ceiling. Like, I like every year. I would expect them to get to maybe second round, maybe, and I'll be like, you know, getting past that. And I think that that backcourt might need a change up, even when Wall gets back. But 
I don't know. We'll see how that goes. But yeah, I, I look at the, the the Wizards and I look at the um the tip the Timberwolves, and to me, those are the two teams that were supposed to be that never were. Like the Timberwolves were supposed to be the next Warriors, right? And then you see flashes of the Phoenix Suns replacing what um, they should have been, or what the Timberwolves should have been. Does that, that make sense? Yeah, it definitely makes a lot of sense. Definitely makes a lot of sense. What's your thoughts on All Star Weekend? I think this one's was this one this was one of the best overall weekends overall in a while for the all-star weekend because the all-star game i was actually in tune with it like oh they're really playing defense diving on the floor and everything i was really into it this year i think they did a good job with some of the changes they made and a lot of players played and played inspired anyway because of what happened to kobe yeah i think that i also just think i had this conversation with david aldridge i I feel as though um the uh all-star game promoted defense. Having the targeted score was everything. Right, right. Um, and nobody really was a loser. You said you think about it, right? Defense won for the basketball purists. Right. Money was donated to charity. And Lakers fans got to see Kawhi and LeBron playing the same team and Anthony Davis, with Anthony <laughs> Davis finally. You know, I'll never live that down. Uh, <laughs> but I, I think, you know, when you look at when you look at that, and, and to be honest with you, just looking from the perspective of, you know, just people trying new things. Damian, the, the weekend overall, like Damian Lillard likes to rap. Yeah. He rapped. He, you know, Chicago got his just due with folks like, you know, Common and um, Chance the Rapper and uh, even Kanye, you know, appearing with Kim. You know, right. You had that. The weather was cold. It was very cold. Uh, but I, I think also um, with the with the Jordan or Bulls uh, documentary coming out this summer, yeah. um, as well as just Michael being the 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 the, the, the my age group's bracket um, guy, and then right. Kobe passing right before the All Star game, and him being the Michael um, light, if you will. It just it was just a synergistic weekend for the right at the right place in Chicago, which is the Mecca for 90s basketball fans. Um, It just was the right synergy and it it felt right. Yeah, I loved it. I loved every inch of it. Every I loved all of it, except I think the dunk contest should end on a tie. There's some things came out after that saying they thought it was going to be a tie, but some people put the wrong scores and everything. But besides that, the whole weekend was a success. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree with you, man. The weekend was a success. The slam dunk contest was, was iffy. I think I think Aaron Gordon did his best dunks too early. Um, I think he won it. I don't know if I subscribe to the Dwayne Wade was a um, Dwayne Wade was being partial with the Miami thing, but I do think that um. What I liked about Derrick Jones Jr. was his 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 dunks were just clean. Yeah, five straight fifties, crazy, <laughs> crazy. They were clean. It's crazy. But I did like the white man can't jump dunk. Yeah, that was original. That was yeah. He came out and brought that. <laughs> yeah, that was original thinking. I did like yeah. that too. We talked. We talked about a couple rookies with Zion and Ja. One rookie. Th- 
out of Chicago, which we're familiar with, Kobe White. Can you speak on him? Became the first rookie to put up with 33-plus points, three straight games since MJ, first since MJ. He's he's balling, but he won't get that much, you know, publicity for what he's doing because of Zion yeah, and Ja. And I think you speak of Chicago, another guy that I think gets overlooked is Kendrick Nunn. Very true. Very true. Um, you know, I, I talked to Kobe White at the beginning of the season um, about um, – the the uh, rookie race, and he told me he was a fan of Kendrick Nunn, um, and he likes what John Moran is doing, um, you know. And I asked him um, just about the the, the class of twenty nineteen, right. and he just told me that these guys are really stepping out, you know, and doing what he needs to do. And this is what he said: He goes, uh, "We're play- where." Uh, I asked him, uh, when you look at rookies, it seems like a lot of you guys have grown fast. When you look at guys like John Morant, R.J. Barrett, and yourself, what is in the water in the class of 2019? And he said, I don't know. Us, we're playing well. But then you got guys like Tyler Hero, Kendrick Nunn, DeAndre Hunter. Right. Just, I don't know. All of us are playing really well at the beginning of the season. Right. I know it's still early. It's kind of early to make predictions and assume but i don't know i i think i don't think no one expected all of us to play as well as we do obviously we're going to have our ups and downs and right. you know the ups and downs is, is something that is there i think that that kobe won't get rookie of the year for the same reason you know that zach levine wasn't voted as an all-star i think it's the bulls's record true very true scoop b you are connected in <laughs> you do a great job on carving everything and what would you give um, someone that wants to do this journey you've done in journalism? Can you speak on journalism a little bit and what you advise someone that wants to get into this? Um, don't put up with people's bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> great point. Great advice. Honestly, great advice. <laughs> uh, to be more specific, um, I think that we're just in a space right now Um I think that he, that we're in a space in journalism right now right. Um, that we were in with politics, particularly with Barack Obama when he became president right. in 2008, where if you ride this digital wave where people are trying to be brands, right. social media influencers, but actually have style and substance, 10 years from now, you will be the expert in your field. Um, you know, in 2008, I graduated undergrad and was, you know, um, you know, I started grad school that next year at right. Hofstra University and got my master's degree. And you know, I looked at the digital shift. Um, viral is everything. Twitter is everything. Instagram posts are everything. But I think that as much as people want to be seen, right? And, and I think you should be read and heard. I think your 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 your, your written word, right. like it'll never die. If you like, if you think about it. When you were in high school or middle school and social studies class, um, we were reading books and those books had the ability to shape how you think and perceive things. Right. If you write, you have the ability, you have the ability to contribute to um, history. The Bible, the Quran, the, the, the Torah are all written accounts of experiences. Right. And as a journalist, you should take that as an honor that you're able to do it. And you should also put your best work out there because, like, who pays to go to school and takes out loans to just be average? Very true. 
You know, my credit score, as I've been on the phone with you, I, I was stuttering a little bit because my credit score went up 60 points. I'm now able to start paying my student loans on time, and it's a blessing. That's what's you know, up, but, man. But, but what I'll say to you is, like, if you're in it just to be seen, this is not the profession for you. Um, if, right. you're, if you're if you're in it for the long run and because you actually have a passion and you care about what's going on, right. if you're good to the profession, it'll be good to you. And I love basketball, you know? So if, if it's not basketball, if it's politics – if it's video games, right. if it's if it's fashion, if it's whatever you do, like right. focus on your passion and do it in a way that hasn't been done. Because I feel like the lanes are so clogged with everybody being the same, but everybody says they're different. True, that's very true. So, man. That's very my, true. My grandmother told me. I asked her one time. I said, "What's good for earache?" She told me, "Stop listening to bullshit." <laughs> <laughs> it's a lot of it's a, it's a clogged lane right now and if you find your lane you, you kind of bypass a lot of that or you have a good shot at doing it very true that's very true and i text you this but i want to tell you also in person what my personal word of phone you said something you, you were on a podcast a previous podcast um i text you this and you said and god gives things god gives them things when it's time and like i told you that stuck with me it's true I, I, I think um, they say in order to be an overnight success, it takes 10 years. Yeah. Man, I, I must be a double overnight success because <laughs> I, I'm not where I want to be. I'm, right. I'm my biggest critic, but at the same time, like, I've been at it since I was 12. Now, I stopped, started like from 12 to 14. I was doing radio, then I became a you know regular kid. But right. literally from 20. 11, when I graduated um, grad school at Hofstra to 2020, I've been going at it full force every day. Right. I've been at magazines where people weren't paying at all or weren't paying on time, but I took a leaf of faith. I've sent invoices for freelancing and, you know, I don't get the checks until four or five months later. Right. Um, I, I've been in situations where I've had family members who've died. I've had situations where, you know, struggled to pay my rent or, you know, like food stamps in my back pocket where you know i lived in one place where you know i had a refrigerator the freezer was cold enough like the refrigerator and the refrigerator didn't work right. i cooked on a, i cooked i cooked on a crock pot uh, a george foreman grill a microwave um and and you know what i'm saying but I, I during that time i was building relationships to this day right and you know i i think about that i appreciate the the, the 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 struggle or the grind i'm still grinding but i appreciate the 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 more humble beginnings to get to you right. know, where I, I think I should be. And, you know, I think that a lot of times we wait on somebody to give you feedback or cosign and tell you you're the one. Right. And then start working hard rather than just working hard right. the whole damn time. Yeah, your work will show regardless. That's what I believe. Your work will show. Like, if you had asked me, I felt that I should have been on in 2016. But at the same time, there were some things I needed to work on, right. um, things that I needed to learn, you know, and I and I appreciate the journey that much more. You know, there were relationships that I needed to mend with people, friends, right. um, colleagues. You know, there, there. I think sometimes so when I said the statement about, you know, God will give it to you already, that that's a that's a true statement. Right. You know, I saw DJ K Slay say that people always say that they're blessed when the money comes in. But what about being blessed with your health and you have twenty dollars? Yeah. Yeah, just be blessed. You're alive, blessed what you have currently, and bigger blessings to come. You keep working for them. Like, <laughs> being on doesn't mean blessed because you don't know what somebody, it took for somebody to get to that point. Very they could have sold their soul for all you know. Very true. 
you know? So I, I think, and I hate to use that extreme all the time because everybody who makes the industry don't sell their soul. There are people who actually work hard yeah. to get to where they got to get. I'm glad that I'm in that number and I'm continuing to do what I need to do. Yeah, I'm the type of person that doesn't look around what, what someone else is doing. I stay focused on what I got to do. But you are, you are one of the few, I'm not going to lie. Every time I, I, I can't help but see your light, you, you're, you're doing your thing. I said, I'm, everything you've done, I'm proud of you. I know you're going, you, keep, you, you keep doing more. You're one, of, the, you're, you're one of my inspirations. I'm not going to lie. You are. You, Thank you, man. You're doing the thing, bro. <laughs> For real. I appreciate that. And I think, you know, I think that's the thing. Like, I think a lot of times, like, like when I was in, when I was in school, you know, I, I'm familiar with your area. I went to Eastern University, which right. is, you know, on the main line down the street from, from uh, Villanova and, and King of Prussia Mall. And one of my best friends said to me, you know, don't aim to be famous. Cause like, what are you trying to be famous for? Like, become famous because you've made an impact right. and that's not being famous that's being noteworthy for what you do very true and i think like like that that has always stuck stuck with me that was in like 2004 2005 when he said it right and it's like i'll be honest with you like there's been times over the last year year and a half where you know i think it's one thing when you're doing interviews that go viral but when you get into the information space that's a whole nother conversation that is not dominated by people of color right and a lot of people looking at you like, who the hell do you think you are? Right. And what I find is when you put something out, or I have found when I have put certain things out and I've been right, and then they credit this person, it's not always the fact that it's a slight at you. It's that they don't know you. Very true. You know, sometimes it don't even be like, he's whack, we blocking him. Sometimes they don't know you and they're not familiar with your work. So like, for example, you know, that whole Carmelo Anthony thing, Back in twenty, or, you know, in the fall, where you know, I asked him all those questions. Literally, it was a situation where yeah. he was not doing interviews. We had an email before. I've never said this publicly. You're the first to hear it. Um, he was supposed to do an. He was supposed to be at a Lou Gehrig's organization's event, and he wasn't taking any questions. Right. And we got an email about it. Right. Well, I've covered Mello for years. Him being a Nick, him just just being at part same parties, just always, yeah. I'm always not right by him. Right. And when he did the red carpet, he was going to walk, walk off. And he comes, he he spoke to me like he waved to me while he was standing waiting. Yeah. I said, "Yo, you're really not talking." He goes, <laughs> he goes. Well, what do you want to know? I said, "You got a few minutes." All the other reporters were standing around looking like, "Wait, I thought he wasn't speaking." I right. took out my phone and I started recording. Right. They gave everybody, every other reporter credit. Damn it! If I wasn't there, he wasn't speaking. True. I felt some type of way about that. That's Bleacher Report cited it, didn't give me my proper attribution, which it should have been. They were citing SNY. Right. But if you paid attention to my social media yesterday, Bleacher Report ended up citing me yeah, for I something saw that. bigger. That I saw whole that. Michael Jordan thing with yeah. Magic Johnson. Yeah, congrats on that too. I saw that. I saw Here's that. the funny part. That wasn't even my question. <laughs> those questions Mello was answering, yeah. those were my questions. So it's just crazy. Sometimes... It, it don't even be people that that don't acknowledge you because because they just want to slight you. They just don't know you. Yeah. This time around, they knew what it was. Yeah. You couldn't deny it. Looking back now, from the story I told you first time you was on here about the um <laughs> the viral question I asked at the Hall of Fame, I get it. They they know who the hell I was. Who's this guy asking it? <laughs> See, we're viral, crazy. So for those who for those who don't know. Um, that question that you asked was the big three conference call 
where Jeff Quaninant uh, and Amy Trask, as well as Clyde Drexler and uh, Ice Cube from the Big Three, were discussing different things. And you asked Jeff Quaninant a question about Kobe Bryant. Am I right? Yeah. Yeah, that's one of them. One was at the Basketball Hall of Fame. With, um, <laughs> yeah, I've been getting around a little bit, man. It's crazy. It's, but I'm going to tell you, man, it's all about them tweets. It's those tweets and the right people liking the right the right people retweeting right and, and the article that goes with it. As soon as Jeff said that, you know it was I put the headline out yeah. and people were going with it. Kobe was going to the big three. I never said Kobe was going to the big three, but that's how headlines can be misleading sometimes where people just take what somebody says right. and runs with it. It was said that a source told Jeff right. that Kobe might play for the big three. And then of course, you know, Kobe Bryant, the late Kobe Bryant did not play in the big three, right. won't play the big three. But at that moment, everybody ran with that news from a question you asked. So I actually have to thank you because I was just putting a tweet out. <laughs> Crazy, man. I'm working, bro. I'm trying. <laughs> That's all I can say. Nah, but you know what? I tell you what, your your platform I like because those Instagram videos, people be tagging me in your videos, and people send me your videos, and I hadn't even seen the highlight because I'm on the road. I'm working. I'm not writing again. Your Instagram keeps me abreast of what's going on when I can't sit down and watch games. I appreciate that. Appreciate it. Appreciate it a lot. A lot of people don't know I'm doing this part-time. A lot of people think I'm doing this full-time because of the work they see and the guests they see our book. I'm doing this part-time. I'm trying to transition to full-time doing this. So I'm busting my ass over here, bro. <laughs> Believe that. I know it. I know it. Scoop B, man, it was a pleasure to have you back on. We got to do this more often, at least once man. a month. This this, this was this was too long. This was too long. Let's do it. And let's get you on Scoopy Radio as well. Definitely. I definitely sound for that. Let me know when, bro. Definitely. Yes, sir. Thank you. Thanks for joining me again. Enjoy the rest of your busy day. I know you're about to go do some work. I'll reach out to you soon. Catch you next time, bro. Brother, thanks for having me as always. No problem. Speak to you soon. Yes, sir. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well... HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues 
your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. 